the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello and welcome to Worldview Media Podcast, where we take a biblical look at how popular media preaches their worldview. And the uh, intention for that is that we as Christians will learn how to preach our worldview and uh, eventually take dominion in places like the arts and media and culture, entertainment and all of that. So here we are tonight and our topic is the the history channel claim to fame has its own uh series called vikings and so we are going to focus our review tonight on season one episode four i think it's about is it called the trial or something like that okay and with me are two Ladies who have spent their lives training to be shield maiden of uh, Viking Raider cruises. <laughs> we, we have uh, my daughter Jordan on the phone. Hello, Jordan. Hello. And my lovely and talented wife, Joyce, is here with me in studio. Hello. All right. Now, on this episode, we have... A Viking raiding party that goes apparently into the land of Saxony and they raid a village and we see them do this and while they raid the village one of the uh, one of the Vikings is killed by a female Viking and uh, she's upset because she sees the guy either attempting or actually raping a Saxon woman. And then when she tries to stop him, he attacks her and she winds up killing him. And so then there's a big battle as they're about to leave. A king has sent his own soldiers to try to stop the Vikings. And they have a big battle on the beach. The Vikings win. And they head home to their own territory, only to find that their chieftain, uh, was his name Haroldson? Yeah, Haroldson. Haroldson has political designs, and they include, apparently, gaining power and prestige over the leader of this Viking group. Now, the leader is a guy named Ragnar. Yes. And he volunteers to take the blame for the female Viking having killed this other Viking. It turns out the female Viking is his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That's right. And so then they have a, a short trial, and Ragnar's brother, who looks like he might betray him, winds up coming to his rescue, and they wind up defeating Haroldson's plot to unjustly have Ragnar put to death. And so the story ends with us finding out that this chieftain 
Haroldson has apparently decided that if he can't get them politically, he'll just send people to try to kill them. And, of course, Ragnar is now plotting his revenge at the end of the, at the, end of the show, or figuring out his next move anyway. Right. Is that a fair summary of the episode? Yeah, I think so. All right. Oh, it might be important to say that the guy that she, uh, the guy that was killed, the Viking guy, was sent by Haroldson to be kind of his spy, spy yep. envoy during the during the Viking raid. Okay. Well, that I'm not sure that was terribly clear during the episode. That probably mm-hmm. came before. No, it was in there that he had placed him with his party, and it wasn't it convenient that he died and nobody was there. Oh. To, okay. Yeah, it was the implication was there. All right. But very well done. Good job. Oh good. Give you you like you like that summary? You did you did good. All right. <laughs> well, mom, let me ask you first, what kind of overall impressions do you have? This is our first episode of us ever watching Vikings, right? Yes. So, why don't you say um, what you thought? Well, of course, it was a lot of gore. Yeah. You know, there's just a tad bit of violence going on with this. And the way this episode was set up, you don't really know who the characters are right. until you're like kind of far into it right. to know that this guy's Ragnar and this is the the wife or, you know, somehow they're together and the other guy that got killed, you're like, mm, well, okay, he's dead. And <laughs> so hopping here in on this episode, you know, you just, you're not familiar with who anybody is. And then I think it's an important thing also that when they were raiding the village, you know, he said, well, what day is this? Right. And they had to kind of yeah. think about it. Uh, Saturday, let's go kill him. <laughs> right, right. You know, and he was like, no, I think we'll wait a day. So he's got some inside information as to how this this people works because the next day's Sunday and it'll be a lot easier if we just hold on. And then even on the Sunday, he's like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do this. And he's like, no, wait. You have to wait till we know they're in yeah, church. Yeah, listen, yeah. listen. I don't hear anything. And then right. he hears the bells and it's like, okay, now let's go. So, um, and then of course it cuts back also to his home with his two smaller children that they're in the care of some guy who winds up praying he pulls out like a bible and he's praying and saying you know why am i here are you listening to me where have you gone lord and so um there's some there were some things i i uh, wasn't really expecting yeah and so that was kind of nice with the and I think there were religious overtones through it. Of course, you know, with the Vikings and Thor and their gods, and then yeah. this guy who's stuck with these Vikings, right. with these heathen, who has somehow managed to take a Bible of sorts and, you know, is still holding on to his beliefs as well and yeah. and trying to survive in that right. foreign place. Well, now, Jordan <laughs> is our big Vikings fan, and... And so, uh, let me just say my overall impression, and then we'll let the expert jump in and <laughs> say why the series is so good. I was kind of with you, Mom, in, in the sense that I felt like it was a long time watching this show before I figured out who I was supposed to be rooting for. You know, because the Vikings, historically, they weren't good guys, yeah. you know, and... and, uh, and for a little while, I didn't know who I was supposed to be th- sympathetic towards. I found myself being more sympathetic toward the people that the Vikings were raiding, Jews, you know. Yeah. And and, uh, and the other thing I was struck with was some 
historical anomalies along that line, I think. As far as I know, the real history of the Vikings is that they were just savages, and that's part of why they were so feared is because, you know, they... Took no prisoners. Uh, right, yeah. they were savages. But here you've got them being portrayed as basically men of honor, and, uh, you know, they they didn't kill anybody unless they had to, generally speaking. And the the one Viking who decided to rape on top of pillaging and plundering, well, he wound up, other Vikings were mad at him about that. and He wound up eventually being dead for it. You know, they, they had the Viking break into the house where it was just an old man who was sick on his bed. and Yeah. And so, so the Viking <laughs> feels sorry water. for him and, and gives him a drink of water and doesn't, you know, doesn't harm him at all. Of course, he does then steal his water pitcher and stuff. And his cup. And, and his cup, yeah. But, his last drink. But I think that's probably some narrative license there just to make sure that we can kind of be on their side a little bit, even as they're robbing and stealing and stuff. Well, you know, I know what you're saying, but where's the Viking history books? <laughs> you know, whoever writes the books always kind of puts a spin on what it happened and how things were sure. were thrown yeah. down. So, you know, eh, maybe the Vikings weren't all bad. Right, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, clearly they are pretty bad. But <laughs> <laughs> They're a fierce people yeah, from well, a harsh land. Just, you know, they're one of those groups of people that just are, like, they do have this whole warrior culture thing, but that's some... From what I have found since being introduced to the show and, like, then thinking, well, maybe I should, you know, do find out some more stuff and, like, this is kind of cool and all this stuff. Well, like, a lot of these Vikings, this raiding thing was just sort of their day job, you know? Like, they weren't <laughs> out there to be, like, you know, evil. Like, they were just getting money and stuff. And so, like... We're just living. Yeah, they're just making a living. Like, you're a farmer during the summer, and then during the, you know, the off-season, you go and you you raise, and that's how you make money when you're not, you know, when you can't farm and stuff. Yeah, and so, so no downtime. They're very industrious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, I think that the show likes to advertise itself as as trying to like set the record straight about like Viking culture and stuff because people have these assumptions about who they were and and you know how savage they are and like some stuff does get really savage and, and all that but like they were also human beings when they had families you know, they, and they had their own moral codes that they were serious about and all this stuff well the writer guy who is very invested in, like, history. He's, like, a real historian and stuff before he became a screenwriter. He's, like, that's sort of how he talks about the show, is that he's trying to, like, show Vikings from a point of view that isn't as, well, as, like, ready to be judgmental about, like, them just being these savage warrior guys who just came to kill British people, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll have to keep watching, maybe. I don't. <laughs> well, you know, I think I can agree with, with Jordan on that. Because, like I said, with history, it's the people that write the books that get to say what happened. 
And yeah. I don't right. know. If, like obviously, if you're invaded by a bunch of Vikings, like yeah, you're gonna say, man, these guys are just the worst, and they're, they're savages, savages. Yeah, and they don't have any codes that they live by. But like, but they do. You know, there's still a whole culture, and they're like, they've got everything that a culture has. You know, they have they have rules, and they have sets of ethics that they try to uphold, and they have things that are good, and things that are bad, and things they don't accept. And yeah. Well, and they have their own gods and, you know, their own ways of, of dealing with things in that respect, too. So, yeah, I can see, you know, yeah, they were fierce people. But you well, see that throughout, you know, look at the at Genghis Khan and the Mongols. I mean, they were yeah. fierce people, but they still had their ways that they got things done. Yeah, but I'm not sure any of that mitigates the fact that, you know looting and plundering and murdering is not good you know <laughs> i mean they may not be they may not be as dark as they are painted by history but the things that we know for a fact that they did those are not acceptable nice things, things yeah. you know? well they didn't do well, it to themselves uh, i mean nobody's trying to say that those are acceptable things it's just that like they're only a part of who these people were you sure. know like, okay yeah, I can get that. All right. So, Jordan, you like this this series quite a lot. Is there a particular reason why you like it, or what's the attraction for you? I think I really like the... I, I feel like it's the characters who I really care about, you know? Like, I, I have gotten really invested in, like, what's going to happen to them and how they're going to, like, deal with... Uh, the choices that they make and things that are happening around them and stuff. So I feel like the characters are what get me. I just feel like they're really super compelling and stuff, and it just sucks me right in. And oh, even yeah. the ones that I don't really like, I still want to be like, but what's going to happen? And, like, you know, I want them to get their comeuppance and all this sure. stuff. And yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of a big deal in terms of narrative and storytelling. There's a saying that goes around within Christianity nowadays that, uh, nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care or something like that, you know, and, and that there's something about our relationship with people that kind of buys us an opportunity to speak into their lives. And I kind of feel like when we're storytellers and we're writing narrative and we're trying to trying to be exciting and make people care about what we're creating, I really think that that work of characterization and and making characters that are sympathetic and believable, yeah. Even if they're not very nice, uh, like you said, you're you're even invested in the bad guys. You want to make sure they get what's coming to them, and right. And I just feel like for people writing stories and designing video games and stuff like that, there's you've got to find a way of communicating character and. The easiest thing in the world is to try is to wind up making your villains these two dimensional folks and well heroes too and and so the trick is to find a way to communicate humanity even in these fictional characters so i frankly my theory is that that's the reason Harry Potter has been so successful i don't I don't buy into the modern evangelical thing that says well it's about magic and so the reason it's successful is because there's some kind of spiritual forces behind it. 
You know, really, the truth is, when you read those books, it's about the characters. I think the, yeah. I think if J.K. Rowling had set those same characters, the same main three, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, if she had set them in just a British boarding school, and misadventure, and oh, and sure. and just had some kind of other mystery there that was completely non-magical, but they're the only ones that care about it and go about trying to solve it, I think it would have been just as popular, you know, uh, oh, yeah. just because those characters are, are super fun and, uh, they're believable and you, you very quickly begin to care what happens to them. And so I, I really think that's the underrated strength of the whole Harry Potter series is the characterization that she did there. But we've gone a little bit far afield. We need to start using our <laughs> our biblical covenant lens to talk about this episode of Vikings. The first point is transcendence. This is where we're talking about what power is above all other powers. And we ask questions like, does the show have its own theory of creation? Or how are characters redeemed? Who's the ultimate lawgiver? And questions like that and I think I think mom kind of hit on there's a theme of transcendence that's apparent in this episode where you find the characters there really is kind of a struggle between the new religion of Christianity coming into the land and the old Norse gods and you kind of get a glimpse of the characters themselves wondering is this set of gods real is this other god real how do I know and so really the struggle between those two belief systems is kind of a backdrop of, of at least this episode. I don't know if it's that way through the rest of the series or not. Well, and that shows up really kind of late in the episode, really. Yeah. I mean, to, just to look at it from the beginning, it looks like, well, whoever's the strongest is, you know, it's the thing about power. Yeah. Whoever has the most power is the one who's going to do <laughs> It's not till you get back to the Viking village that you're kind of like going, wait a minute here, there's there's a little bit more going on. What do you say, Jordan? Well, I think that theme of, like, uh, the struggle between, like, you know, the two religions, that really does carry on for a really long time in the whole series, especially season one and season two, and then even really into season three, and actually most of the seasons that have come out. It is a big theme within the uh within the show itself just that, like especially with the, that monk character Athelstan as long as he's around that's a really big deal it's trying to figure out like which which side of the uh, religion argument is going to be the one that that ends up being the real deal you know ah so you say his name is Athelstan <laughs> Athelstan <laughs> <laughs> I see I see Good Saint Applestan. Athelstan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Athelstan. Okay. Athelstan. <laughs> okay. We're going to cut all this out. <laughs> you can't cut all of it out. All right. So that sounds interesting. It makes me wonder kind of how that discussion, how that struggle plays out. The next section of the covenant deals with, it's called hierarchy, and it deals with representation. If we recognize that there's this 
power struggle between the two belief systems is there a is there a character that mainly represents that struggle or or what do you think in this episode the only one that i have to judge this based on uh you obviously have the the christian monk whatever his name is Athelstan. <laughs> and and he's kind of wavering in his faith and he's doubting and stuff but he kind of obviously is the representative of the new christian religion and then there i'm not sure who represents the other side is it everybody else or is it that kind of uh Right at the end, you had Haroldson consulting with a guy that was some kind of weird... Oh, yeah, that's the uh, the seer. The seer. The seer. Yeah. And he was kind of I speaking think... for the gods. Yeah, he does have... Because he's the one that gets, like, you know, these revelations and stuff about the future and all this stuff. But I also feel like knowing the series more that uh, one of the other Viking guys, Floki really represents this old Norse way of thinking, too. Like, he's the one out of all the Vikings who isn't the seer, who uh, cares most about, like, the gods and, like, takes them the most seriously and all this stuff, too. Okay. All right. Well, in this episode, the one-head guy, what's his name? Harold? Ragnar. No. Haroldson. Haroldson. You know, he seems to be the one that's kind of in charge and running things, but then it's later on that you see, well... He doesn't really think he is in charge. Right. Right. So he's trying to consult someone who, who may have their thumb on the pulse of what's really going on. <laughs> so, you know, I think he likes to have the illusion of that. I know what's going on, but he really doesn't. Yeah, he kind of, he's got the title of chieftain mm. or whatever of yeah. that clan, but he starts to realize that the actual... Uh, leadership abilities and the charisma and the, you know, if you've got a guy like Ragnar that the Vikings are following because he's a proven leader, yeah. even though he doesn't have the title, suddenly he's a Remind threat. Remind you of anyone? Right, he's a threat to the guy that does have the title. <laughs> I see a lot of Saul and David in there. Oh, Saul and David? Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking about Jesus and the... And the Sanhedrin and, and the Jewish establishment and all that. Yeah. Then the next section is ethics. And in this thing, we're trying to figure out who determines right or wrong, what's good or evil in this worldview. Generally, I think with narrative stuff, the easiest way is to talk about major moral crisis that the characters are involved in and and how they deal with those things. Did you see anything like that in this? Well, I thought it was interesting when the Viking woman walked into the house and saw what was going on and said, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, and he was like, why do you even care? This has nothing to do with you. And she was like, no, you're not going to do this. So, um... And just that she was there to begin with seems a little bit unbelievable right, to me right. that she'd be out yeah. on this type of raid. But uh, that she stood her ground and said, I don't think so. And when he said, well, then it'll be you. And she said, you didn't hear me. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and even when they were asking her, well, where's this guy? And, well, I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so she was up front. This is what was going on. 
this is what happened after that. So she was realistically, if that was, if that had happened in real life, that would have taken uh, quite a bit of courage for this. Uh, what she weigh, one hundred and twenty pounds, and she's dealing with this two hundred pound guy that spent his whole life fighting and and waging war, and and she's gonna stand up to him, and just because she thinks what he's doing is wrong, you know, that was a that's kind of a big deal. Even when he's doing the wrong thing to their avowed enemies. And the moral crisis that I thought was interesting was uh, Ragnar's brother and how yeah. how Haraldson kind of does his best imperson impersonation of the devil and tries to seduce him with thoughts of power and money and prestige and a chance to get back for all the bad things your brother Ragnar has ever done to you. Because that's what a sibling will do. <laughs> right. Take advantage of you. <laughs> They'll put you down. But then Ragnar's <laughs> brother comes through. And I was I was a little bit surprised by that. Of course, I don't know any of these characters really, having not watched oh, the series. Surprising, What's that? It is pretty surprising. It's a surprising move. Oh, okay. But right. he says he's not doing it for the brother. He's doing it for the wife. That's true. Oh, does he secretly love her or what? In season one, he does. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then maybe that makes a little bit of sense. So, okay, so he didn't really make that move out of a sense of honor then. Not just to do the right thing, but... Uh, well, there was protecting... He was protecting her and whatever feelings he has toward hers. But he could have just agreed and had the guy gone and then had him, you know, she would have been available. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's right. You know, so he can't be all bad, even though he is a Viking. Uh, what other moral crisis did we have? The villain, Haroldson, like, like we said, he is kind of going through this issue of he feels like maybe power is slipping away from him and... Well, I think you can't forget the monk, Athelstan. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he has kind of a crisis Yeah, of he faith. does, because he's like, why am I here? Where are you? He's seen their monetary, monastery, <laughs> monetary. He's seen their, <laughs> he, he's seen their monastery destroyed and, and many of the Christians so, there yeah. murdered and kind of wondering where God is in the midst well, of he's all this. carted off with heathen and yeah. having to be a, a babysitter. He, yeah, basically he's a slave in a pagan household now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. I I appreciate that storyline. <laughs> Do you have anything else, Jordan? Uh, no, I think the big one for me was the one with Rolo, the brother. And you kind of touched on that, so. Okay, all right. And then we move on to sanctions, and the and the question is, if we have a system of ethics, then why should we follow that system? You know, what are the what are the consequences, either good or bad, involved with how we deal with our our uh, ethical decisions? And did we see anything like that? People in the show kind of getting what they deserve, or well, the one guy that was bad. Canute, was that his name? Yeah, Canute the Rapist. He got what he deserved. Not by any proper authority or anything, but he wound up dead, which rapists should wind up dead. So that was a good thing. Yeah. 
I feel like we're kind of in the middle of the story and it's too soon to tell who's going to get what they deserve and who isn't. I almost kind of felt like I haven't seen Ragnar very much and I'm not sure what the story is, but I almost felt like he's in the middle of that whole struggle between the two belief systems, like something in his mind. I feel like he maybe out of all the characters there, he has the better understanding of both sides. And uh, I, I kind of wonder if the struggle doesn't take place in his own mind, and it makes me wonder how that's going to work out. And so his choices that come about because of that struggle and how he chooses to deal with the with the monks and stuff. Well, when when the episode is coming to an end, he's just kind of parked out on a cliff overlooking a lot of stuff. Right. But I think that's more related to the surprise and uncalled for attack on yeah. his on himself and his friends where, you know, yeah. he loses people that are close to him. So you, you I think you have him being a little bit more reflective oh. <laughs> than what I would have him as because, you know, I think he's out for revenge and he's going to get this guy. Oh, okay. And he's just figuring out how am I going to do this? <laughs> right, right. You know, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think Ragnar is up about. Jordan, do you have anything under sanctions? I mean, we are right in the middle of like a a season, so it is hard to to see a lot of people getting stuff. <laughs> right. But it happens. All right, and a little bit hard to tell succession-wise. I think succession, the future of the covenant, and how it's going to work out. I think it's way too early. That's not apparent in the episode that we're watching here. But I think there's hints at the end with a seer. Yeah, there are Where hints. he's talking about when the guy's saying, well, what's going to happen? Am I going to stay? Am I going <laughs> right. to go? And it's not looking very positive. He's predicting doom for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a hint of the succession thing, too, when it kind of becomes apparent at one point that Ragnar is obviously training up his kids in the Norse view of things, you know. You know, he's training up his children in the way he thinks they should go in, in terms of... Well, that's what they know. ...serving Thor and, yeah. and all that. So it's apparent he's been doing that. That's kind of a succession issue. That's yeah. what we should be doing, training up children. Just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to advertise this show that you love and... Rope everybody into watching it. <laughs> okay. All right. So here we are. We're coming to the end of our program. And it's been nice to hear from some of our listeners on Facebook and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, uh, Mom and I are always joking. We're shocked anybody listens at all. And, <laughs> and, and then... And then it's even more shocking when people take the time to uh, contact us and say they appreciate what's going on. Just had a listener, I won't mention his name, but just had a listener who's uh, in kind of a creative field in terms of his occupation. And he said that this podcast has been a game changer for him in his in his design work and, and him kind of coming to the realization that he doesn't have to as he's creating things, he doesn't have to come up with with kind of a Veggie Tales Christianized version of what he's trying to do. He can he can just 
preach he can just teach good things and tell good stories and glorify God in that way. Exactly. That was really edifying for me. That was really encouraging to hear a guy say, man, you guys have really changed the way I've, I'm thinking about my whole, my whole deal. So (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was going to be a deal. (laughs) My whole deal. (laughs) That's what we're here for to rock your whole deal. (laughs) Uh, all right jordan one shot to convince everybody to listen to uh, or to watch vikings go for it if you like compelling character arcs and really great costume design and are okay with a whole lot of gore (laughs) (laughs) then uh this is the show for you (laughs) really a whole lot of gore Okay, it's not for younger viewers. Have you seen the violence? (laughs) (laughs) Some of the themes are a bit mature, so. Oh yeah, the rape the rape scene was probably not a not a good kid thing either. All right, well, very good. As always, we want to encourage you to be those creative types of people who uh, uh, use your God-given brain and God-given talents to figure out ways of communicating God's truth, even through works of fiction and art. And that's what we're here for, is just to kind of try to inspire you and fire up your imagination in the areas of storytelling and narrative. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.